0: This is a collect call from Polly Deets. Purgatory is cold this time of year. Real cold. If you go outside without a coat, you're going to regret it. But if you go outside without any shoes on, you're going to find yourself down at emergency services real quick, being fed some hot chicken noodle soup while your bright red little piggies get life soaked back into them in a basin of warm water. But what happens if you go outside with your shoes on, and then one of them suddenly comes off? Do you keep walking, a noticeable limp taking over as you trudge down Main Street? One shoe left behind, forgotten. A small child standing in the food court, looking around for a familiar face in a sea of strangers. How long until mother and father look down and see just a sock and the error of their ways? Or what if it's something else? What if no one was ever wearing the shoe? No one's looking for it. It appears from the ether. A ghost from another time, separated from its mate, its purpose no longer evident. When one shoe walks, does it even make a sound? And is that sound quiet like a mouse? Or is it a scream? December 11th. The Holiday Bazaar Non-Denominational Christmas Manger Competition comes to a close. Votes have been tallied and Lavinia Purgit, in her fancy Burberry coat and matching boots, good for her, stands in front of the Cakery Bakery display, once again blowing away the non-edible competition, ready to confer this year's winning ribbon. Peg Weintraub, head baker at the Cakery Bakery and noted woodblock art hobbyist, stands proud. Her long red hair, usually tucked up for kitchen safety, is dappled with tiny snowflakes as she takes her prize and thanks her team. Then, just as she announces the nativity is open for sampling, a gasp goes up in the crowd. A concerned wave of whispers as we realize that instead of a delicious chocolate Swiss roll, baby Jesus, this year with a promised hint of peppermint, a single red Converse sneaker sleeps gently in the manger. Lavinia is quick to accusation. She demands a recount, suggesting Peg is trying to pull a fast one and that such a stunt should disqualify the entry as a bait-and-switch. I spoke to Peg later, after the frenzy had died down. How you feeling right now? I feel pretty good. Me and the girls worked really hard on
1: the manger and tried to up our game from last year. What about the shoe? Gosh, that's so weird, right? I can't imagine why someone would do that. Very strange. What do you think happened? With the shoe? I think someone took the chocolate Swiss roll and put a shoe there instead. Maybe they thought no one would notice. But it's pretty hard to miss. I mean, you can't eat a shoe. Lavinia was pretty quick to cry foul. Oh, sure. She's mad none of her friends won. But everybody knew the girls and I would never make the baby Jesus a shoe. And they saw the roll there before. And it looked good. I'd say it looked so good that somebody went ahead and scooped it right up. Who do you think did that? Geez, I couldn't say. I think I'd have to guess it's somebody who has a real sweet tooth. And one bare foot. I sure wouldn't want to walk home
0: like that. Of course, it could be that simple coveted chocolate swiss roll goes missing quietly reappears in someone's kitchen being slowly enjoyed slice by slice over the week or eaten in one sitting by a closet chocoholic but something nags at me is it simply a problem of a piggish pastry purloiner or is this a more complicated case of confection crime who stands to gain from this horrible houdini heist as always i have my suspicions but before things could get out of hand, Sheriff Bud Wilkins steps in, and calmer heads prevail.
2: You know at the end of the day, I think somebody did something really inconsiderate. I was looking forward to a slice of that little Jesus, and I'm sure a lot of other folks were too. But I guess I can head over to the cakery and get them fixed that way. To be honest, I bet the wife'll be tickled if I bring home a big old roll, and I know the kids'll be beside themselves. Still, if I figure out who took it, I can guarantee they're getting a stern talking to. And I'll sure as heck make them pay for it. Gotta be fifteen, twenty bucks worth of dessert there.
0: Will you be doing any forensic investigation?
2: Oh, I don't think so. I'll take the shoe in, I'll put it in evidence if Peg wants me to. And if any of your listeners saw someone looking very suspicious, especially if they had any telltale frosting marks, by all means, give me a call and I'll go over and have a chat. A red Converse shoe is pretty memorable. (laughs) Heck, I feel like I've seen them myself, likely on one of our high school boys. It's not bad for a prank. You know, there's a lot of times we shouldn't go ahead and say boys will be boys. But when it comes to something like this, they sure will.
0: And that was that. Chalk it up to youthful indiscretion. Boys being boys, isn't that always the way? Until it isn't. Two weeks ago, I failed to get an accurate account of our traffic or weather from our own Polly Deets. That alone would not be newsworthy. Polly is notoriously a man trapped inside his own one-man show. But on that particular day, during that particular broadcast, Pauly was on the scene of something larger than himself. A man at the Latimus-Purgit Memorial Intersection. A man who saw something strange and thought perhaps he was catching a glimpse of God.
3: Get to the church!
0: But it wasn't until after the broadcast that I learned Polly had come very close to seeing not God, but a crossroad demon, right here in our very own purgatory. This is a collect call from... Polly Deets. Do you accept the charges? Uh, yeah, okay.
3: Davis? Davis, are you there?
0: Yeah. Polly, what's up? Why are you calling collect?
3: Uh, I dropped my phone in a puddle.
0: I didn't even know we had any payphones in town.
3: You know that little alcove on the side of the hardware store? Uh. Right next to the super dangerous gumball slash bouncy ball machine?
0: Oh, right, right.
3: Focus, Davis. This is big. Okay. Remember how I said they had one shoe taped off and Bud wasn't talking? Yeah. And I said, maybe it's God and everyone got raptured and now the rest of us are here to undergo the tribulations of revelations until the end of time and our only hope would be a last minute repentance in the house of the Lord? It was 10 minutes ago. I remember. I got into my car and started over to the Universalist, and I got to thinking. Why would a loving God allow so few people into heaven, and under what conditions would they need one and only one shoe? That was the thing that got you, huh? It doesn't make sense. You need shoes, or you don't need shoes. You don't half need shoes. An omniscient and omnipotent God would never- This is a collect call, Polly. Right, right, right. So I pulled over into the parking lot and turned on my police scanner. Police scanner? Well, it's just a walkie-talkie. But I heard Sheriff Bud Wilkins on there, and he was all worked up. Something is definitely going on, and it's not holy. So, what is it? I couldn't tell exactly, but it sounded big. I'm going to head over to emergency services and wait for him there. Get him when his defenses are down. Get him alone and get him talking.
0: You don't need to be aggressive. Just go over and have a talk.
3: Oh, he'll talk.
0: Polly, relax. Why don't you take a drive around the block or something first? Don't go in hot.
3: I'll go by the Wiggly and get stuff for my phone first. Get some
0: juice or something. You're all worked up.
3: I could use some juice. But after that, I'm going right over.
0: Okay, that sounds fine.
3: I'll call you as soon as I can.
0: Call me from home, Polly. Don't call me Collect.
3: Okay, fine. Well, yeah, uh, Polly came in here
2: waving around a bag of rice and puffing like Deputy John after the spring fun run.
0: So what happened?
2: Oh, he's just competitive. I'm trying to show off for the rest of the team by going all out. But I don't care if it's just a 5K. You have to train if you want to sprint any kind of distance. No, I mean with Polly. Oh, well, let's see, uh, I sat him down, gave him a cold Fanta, and he settles a little and starts asking me about the incident.
0: And what was the incident exactly?
2: Yeah, I was heading down to Biscuits for my afternoon snack, and I get to the Latimus-Purgit Memorial Intersection and see something there in the road. So I stop my car, and I go to clear it out. I got my gloves on in case it's a squirrel or something, and I have to do an emergency transport over to the animal house. Lucky for squirrels, it wasn't. Right there in the middle of the street, brown penny loafer. Nice looking one, too. Real leather. Just a shoe? Right. So I'm looking around, thinking someone's sure to be missing it. I reach down to pick it up, and that's when all the pieces come together in my brain. Just like in those detective shows where you suddenly see a little montage, and you just know they're about to solve the crime. Sure. I see the shoe, and it tickles my mind, and I'm thinking about that red sneaker we had at the Holiday Bazaar, and I'm feeling this deja vu, like... I know I've seen both of them somewhere, and all at once I know these are the same shoes I handed over to Buck from the swap.
0: So, Buck stole the Swiss
2: roll? No, I guess I don't mean these are the exact same shoes. Because, see, I'm looking down at a left shoe here, and Buck's just got the right. But I'm looking at the left shoe right there in front of me.
0: And the red shoe?
2: Left is Karl Marx.
0: So what does that mean?
2: It means I'm face-to-face. With one of the shoes that got swiped to the swap, and that means I'm looking for something more than just a simple prank. It's a mystery. It means I might just be standing toe to toe with the biggest case of my career. Ooh, sorry, but that, that's my alarm. I got bagel bites in the microwave oven. Siri, turn off my alarm, please. Siri, Siri, stop.
0: This episode was written and recorded by Aaron Olson and edited by Stephen Dion. Polly Dietz was played by Michael Coyne. Sheriff Bud Wilkins was played by Christopher Iannucci. Peg Weintraub was played by Lauren Kapinski.